Thank you for joining us for this week's sermon. Here at Back Creek Church, we are focused on connecting people with the hope of the gospel. With this week's message, here's Pastor Matt Carr. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, looking at verses 9 through 12. Colossians 1, 9 through 12. And so far, uh, to this point in Colossians, we have seen that everything is found in Jesus. Their relationship with Him by receiving Him and resting in Him alone is the only way for a human being to connect with God. And when we have that connection, when we are rooted in Christ, the result is change in our lives. Or what the Apostle Paul calls bearing fruit. And Jesus also called the process of transformation in him bearing fruit. He taught that he is the vine and we are the branches. We cannot bear fruit apart from connection with him. But as we live into and lean into our connection with Jesus, we continue to grow in our relationship with him, our rootedness in him, and we become more like him, thereby bearing fruit. And one essential way that we, that we both grow in our rootedness in Christ and we grow in our bearing fruit is prayer. And prayer at its simplest is communication with God. He speaks to us. God speaks to us in creation. He speaks to us in Scripture. Scripture tells us that He has spoken fully and finally in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And we get to speak back to Him in and through prayer. A few minutes ago, we confessed what we believe about the essence of prayer. That prayer is an offering up of our desires to the Lord. For things agreeable to his will in the name of Christ with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. God, the God of the universe, the God who created everything, the God who is utterly transcendent, God cares about connecting with us. He listens to us. And he invites us and he commands us to offer our desires up to him. And as we do, we deepen our connection with the vine. We sink our roots deeper into him. We become more like him and our prayers begin to reflect that as we seek to align our desires with his will. And we know that we can't connect with God apart from Christ. So we only come in the name of Christ to the Father. And this drives us to recognize that we are people in need. We are sinners in need of a Savior. So this drives us to confess our sins and to rejoice in the forgiveness and the approval and the adoption that is ours through Christ. And that also begins to shape what we ask for when we pray. And that's what we see with Paul here in this section of the letter. He is telling Colossian believers that since he heard about how they are growing in Christ and bearing fruit in faith and in hope and in love, he, Paul, and Timothy, his assistant, they have not stopped praying for the church in Colossae. This is a man who is growing more deeply rooted in Christ through prayer and is bearing fruit in praying for others. Specifically, he is bearing fruit in praying for a local church. 
And that's the big idea in this passage. Pray for your church. Pray for your church. One of the best ways for you to grow more deeply rooted in Christ and for you to grow in bearing fruit is to pray to Jesus for your church to grow. The big idea is pray for your church to grow. So look with me at Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 12, if you have your Bible or if you have a device. And I'd also ask you to stand, if you're able, in honor of God's Word. And so, from the day that we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with all the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in life. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our Lord endures forever. Let's thank the Lord for his word and ask for his help. The Lord our God, we thank you for the gift of prayer. That wherever we are, whoever we are, whatever we have done, that you are accessible to your children in the name of Jesus. That we can come boldly before your throne of grace and offer our desires up to you, asking that not our will, but yours be done. And we can believe, and we can find hope in the reality that you hear and respond, that you answer our prayers according to your will for our good and for your glory. And so, Lord, as we consider now how to pray for our church, Lord, we ask that you would open up your word to us and that you would speak powerfully so that our lives are affected, so that our prayer life is changed, and that we would bear fruit in the way that we pray and in the results of our prayers. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So when I was in preschool... My preschool teacher, Miss Marguerite, who seemed to me to be the most ancient person on the face of the planet, she's probably not that old, in fact, but I was three, uh, she taught me a, a little rhyme uh, and with, that had some motions, and I want to see if I can remember how it goes, all right? And he goes, this is the church, and this is the steeple. Open the doors and see all the people. It's super cute, but it's wrong. <laughs> the church isn't a building with a steeple. Like right now is a practical demonstration that the church is not the building with the steeple. That's not even where we're worshiping this morning. It's not a building and it's not a budget and it's not a room in which we meet. If we had nowhere to meet, even on a day as frigid as this, we could meet outside and we would still be the church. The church is you. You are the church. It's not an activity that we do. It's our identity. It's who we are in Christ. 
It's not a place that we come to. It's the people who are committed to Christ and to one another as a local expression of Christ's global body. The church is a family. The church is a community. We are the church. And one huge thing that fuels our growth as individuals and as the church that bears fruit in the world is praying for our church to grow and bear fruit. And again, that's not primarily about praying for an organization with uh, employees and a budget and a set of programs, but praying for a people, praying for one another to grow and bear fruit. And that's what Paul is doing in this passage for the local church in Colossae. He is consistently praying for the church to grow. And he wants them to experience multi-dimensional growth. This is really important because a lot of times when we think about growth, we think about numbers. And growth is represented by numbers, but that's not the exclusive way that growth can happen. He wants multi-dimensional growth. He prays for spiritual and relational and missional growth. And he prays for three specific growth areas for that church that can help us pray for our church and for the church. He prays for the church first to grow full of wisdom. To grow full of wisdom. We see that in verse 9. And so from the day that we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with all the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now, wisdom, wisdom means knowing and understanding how life works best and what matters most. Right? Wisdom means knowing how life works best and what matters most. One problem with wisdom is that because we are finite people, our perspective is limited and we have trouble seeing how it is that life works best or what matters most. And an even bigger problem is that we're not just finite, we're also sinful. And because we're sinful, we are naturally inclined away from how life works best and what matters most. And inclined toward prioritizing our lives wrongly and making a mess of things. And this is what the Bible calls foolishness. And this is not a surprise to us because we have all experienced this reality, some of us more than others. And scripture recognizes it as well. There's a whole genre in the Bible dedicated to helping us grow and, and how to understand how life works best and what matters most. It's actually called wisdom literature. And it's found in the Old Testament in the books of Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Songs. And of course, while the wisdom literature in the Old Testament is the only God-inspired uh, version of wisdom literature. It's not the only wisdom literature that exists. There are proverbs and sayings in every culture and every religion on earth because we as human beings are always searching for how life works best and what matters most. Even things that you might not consider a part of this search really are. One astronomer and UFOologist named Jacques Vallée wrote about the phenomenon of UFO enthusiasts. And he said this, the UFO mystery holds a mirror to our own fantasies. It expresses our secret longings for a wisdom that might come down from the stars in new, improved, easy-to-use packaging to reveal the secrets of life and tell us, at long last, who we are. 
We long for wisdom. But we instinctively look for it outside of ourselves. And of course, that's the only place to actually find it. Proverbs 9.10 tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Paul wants the Colossian church to grow in this knowledge and understanding of how life works best. That's not just about finding the, the answers to the questions that we have about how life works. It's actually about growing in relationship to the one who is the giver and the sustainer of life, the one who matters above all else. And so Paul prays for this church to grow in wisdom and understanding with regard to God and his mind and his heart and his will. And this is what we should be praying for our church, for one another as well, that we would grow in knowing God's will. So I want to give us several ways that we can pray for our church to be full of wisdom so that we would grow in the knowledge and understanding of how life works best and what matters most. So that we would grow in understanding what God's will is for his people. So pray that when we come to the reading and preaching and hearing of God's word where his will is revealed to his people on Sundays, that we would come prepared. That we would come attentive. That the preacher would be empowered to speak to us the very words of God. That we would receive it with faith and with love. That we would store it up in our hearts. And that we would try to practice it in our lives. Pray that when we come to the reading of God's word where his will is revealed in our own personal worship or with our households. That we would be sensitive to and dependent on the Holy Spirit to teach us and to lead us into all truth as Jesus promised he would. Pray that our, our leaders here at church, our session, the elders, the diaconate, the staff, our ministry committees and teams would all be united in continually seeking alignment with God's will in everything that we do as a church. That we would want his agenda for us rather than our individual agendas. Pray for the individuals and families of our church to be able to navigate the challenges of their lives with wisdom. Now, hopefully, you're already connected with a community group or a few people in the church with whom you can share what it is that you are going through. Every week, we, we have a prayer of intercession where we mention at least a few of the situations and the people in our church who need to be especially lifted up to the Lord to ask for healing, to ask for provision. And so that, there's an email that comes out every week from our church office that can help you know how to pray for others in the church. And as we pray for those in need, in each case, we need to keep in mind that knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding is a very helpful thing with which to pray. It's really hard for me to imagine what we might need to pray for more. Pray for your church to grow full of wisdom. We see, secondly, that Paul prays for the Colossian church that growth will produce fruit. He prays for the church to grow fruitful in works, full of wisdom, Fruitful in works. We see that in verse 10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Paul wants the, the spiritual wisdom of the church 
the growing rootedness in Christ to bring the, the life change that naturally flows from it. So he brings this desire before the Lord in prayer because he knows that it's in alignment with God's will that the Colossian believers grow fruitful in good works. And we see this prayer for fruitfulness focuses on three areas. It focuses on aim. Paul prays God with the way that they live and that their lives would grow to match this aim. He prays for action. He asks that the, Colos the Colossian church would have many opportunities for good works that have eternal significance and that they would rise to the occasion uh, every time with action. And lastly, advancement. Paul requests that as they aim to please God and as they act to, to do good works, that they would actually learn what it means more and more to belong to him and to increase in their knowledge of him. And we can pray for one another in these three areas as well. Aim. Pray that as we sink our roots down deep into Christ, that we would grow in our aim to please Jesus with our thoughts and with our words and with our actions, and that we would actually experience a transformation in our desires that produces a transformed life. Action. Pray that the Lord would provide us with more and more opportunities <coughs> to be the church. To be the body of Christ for one another. To be the body of Christ and witnesses for Christ in our community. That we would have eyes to see and feet to run toward me. And I've seen this recently, especially in the way that some of the women in our church have rallied to the need of two of our sisters. Who have truly, profoundly needed help and they have received it. With the way that you as a congregation gave to our Deacon's Mercy Ministry Fund so that we could provide for material needs inside and outside our church on Christmas Eve. There's so much spiritual and material need inside and outside of Back Creek Church. Pray with me for us to bear fruit in action with every good work we're given opportunity to see and to do. And then advancement. Pray that as our aims and our actions align with God's will and his wisdom, that we would grow in relational and emotional and intellectual and spiritual knowledge of our God. Pray that we would know more and more of him that would move us to want to please him more and more, which would move us to good works, which would allow us to know God more and more. Pray for your church to grow full of wisdom. Pray for your church to grow fruitful in works. And thirdly, pray for your church to grow fortified for the walk. Fortified for the walk. We see that in verses 11 and 12. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance with patience and patience with joy. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in life. One of the reasons that Paul is writing to the Colossians in the first place is that their pastor, Epaphras, has traveled over a thousand miles to, to visit with Paul and to give him a report about the church so that Paul can be informed in his praying and his encouragement of the church. And Epaphras tells him that they are experiencing uh, some struggle. They're having internal spiritual attack that... Some of the, the sins of their old life before Christ are rising up in them as individuals and rising up among them as a church. And to compound that, they're experiencing external deception. 
So they have pagan neighbors, polytheistic pagan neighbors. They have mystical Jewish neighbors who are saying, it's great that you have faith in this Jesus guy, but hey, we also have some religious practices that can really help you overcome that struggle that you're feeling. So they're preaching them a Jesus plus gospel and seeking to deceive them. And they're vulnerable because of their struggles. They're currently in a weak position. Like a young tree that has strong roots but is being blown about by the winds of a hurricane. And Paul prays for this church, for this people to be fortified. To be strengthened with the very power and the glorious might of God so that they might endure this storm. And not only endure the storm, but to thrive in the midst of it with patience and with joy. And with gratitude as they walk together through a life that is rarely predictable and never easy. And we are invited through this text to pray for our church. And I'll remind you, it's to pray for one another. To be fortified for the walk as well. One thing that I can guarantee in this fallen world As individuals and as families and as households and as a church, we are going to face challenges. That hard days are inevitably ahead. We have enemies that are out to deceive us and to deter us and to destroy us. The world out there, the flesh in here, and the devil. There will be struggle and there will be sorrow and there will be suffering. We need the prayers of the people of God so that we might grow in the wisdom of God and fruitful in the works of God and fortified as we walk with God to be strengthened with his power and glorious might to endure with patience and with joy and with thankfulness to him even as we face the trials that face us. You know today what you are facing. I just want you to think about it for a minute. There's not a person in this room that is not touched right now by some kind of struggle, by some kind of sorrow, by some kind of sin, by some kind of suffering. Would it make a difference to know that you have multiple brothers and sisters who are lifting you up before the Lord and asking that you would be filled with God's wisdom, that you would know His will, Asking that you would be fruitful in good works. That you would see and act every opportunity that the Lord puts in your path. They're praying for you to be fortified. So that you can endure whatever it is that you're walking through right now. With the very strength and glorious might of God. So that when you face challenges, you can laugh at the days to come. With patience and endurance and joy and gratitude. It make a difference to you to know that your brothers and sisters are praying for you. Jim Simbola planted the Brooklyn Tabernacle in New York. Uh, and he came, or he didn't actually plant it, he came as, uh, as to be the pastor of a church that was dying. And so it was like a replant, it was like a revitalization where they didn't even have the money to pay the bills for the facility in which they were meeting. And the way that Jim Simbola felt like the Lord was leading him to revitalize this church was to lead with prayer. And so he kind of built everything in the church around a Tuesday night prayer meeting. And it started, as most prayer meetings do, small and awkward. And yet, 
over weeks, the Lord began to draw people to the prayer meeting and began to draw prayers out of the people. And then to answer bold prayers for healing, bold prayers for liberation from addiction, bold prayers for the church to grow spiritually and relationally and missionally. And the church began to grow and the church began to flourish, but the hardest challenge had not yet come. Jim Simula's daughter, Chrissy, was a teenager. And at some point, she decided she didn't want to have anything to do with her parents. She didn't want to have anything to do with her parents' God. And so she walked away from her family's home. She ran away to the streets of New York City. They didn't know anything about really what was going on with her. Whenever they would hear something about her, they would rush to try to, to, try to meet with her or talk with her and, and reconcile with her. All they knew is that she had gone into a spiral of destructive patterns that was inevitably leading to darkness and potentially death for their precious daughter. Jim Sibola and his wife continually tried to reach out to Chrissy and they were eventually just flat out rejected over a period of months. And finally, when they were desperate, Sibola uh, got up at a prayer meeting on a Tuesday night and he said, He said, our daughter Chrissy is really away from God. Everything about her and what she is to be is now upside down. We've done everything we can. There's only one answer. We need to pray. And so the, the church prayed for Chrissy. They prayed for God to intervene and they prayed for God to rescue. And nothing happened for two days. The third day after the prayer meeting, there was a knock at their door. And they opened the door, and it was Chrissy. And she fell into the arms of her father, and she said, Oh, Daddy, Daddy, I have sinned against God, and I have sinned against myself, and I have sinned against you, and I want to come home. Will you please forgive me? And he embraced her and said, Of course, I love you. You're welcome home. I forgive you. And she pulled back. She said, Daddy, who was praying for me? On Tuesday night, who was praying for me? He was able to look at his daughter and say, your church. A.C. Dixon said, when we rely on organization, we can get what organization, or we get what organization can do. When we rely on education, we get what education can do. When we rely on eloquence, we get what eloquence can do, and so on. But when we rely on prayer, we get what God can do. Only God can make our church grow full of wisdom, fruitful in works, and fortified for the walk. Please pray for your church to grow. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, thank you for rescuing Chrissy. Thank you for rescuing us. Thank you for bringing us into relationship with you. Thank you for the open channel of communication to us that we call prayer. Thank you, Lord, that you invite us and command us to offer up our desires to you for things agreeable to your will in the name of Jesus with confession of our sins and gratitude for your mercies. 
Lord, I just pray that you would please teach us to pray. Help us to pray. Empower us in our prayers, oh Lord, so that we as individuals and as families and as households and as a church would grow. Lord, we want this not for our sake, but for your sake, for your name and for your glory, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. You can find additional sermons and learn more about our ministries by heading to backcreekchurch.org. We'd love to see you in person for our worship service at 1030 on Sunday mornings. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Thanks for listening.